1: Venture Anything. Jeanette Barnes brings you insights from people behind the news and people like you. Now, Venture Anything.
0: Hello, welcome to Venture Anything. I'm Jeanette Barnes and my guest here today is Jennifer Driscoll, news editor of the Standard Times. Welcome, Jennifer.
1: Thank you, Jeanette. Nice to be here.
0: So we're talking today about the soil contaminants that have been discovered in uh, Dartmouth in the Bliss Corner neighborhood. It's a story we've been following very closely and we're still trying to find more information because there are a lot of unanswered questions um, about what's going to happen there in the neighborhood and where all of this contamination came from.
1: Absolutely, before we dive into that, Jeanette, could you just kind of bring us up to speed on what was found and what the situation is in Dartmouth?
0: Sure. So uh, last year, um, a home was under construction at 85 McCabe Street. And uh, when they were digging for the foundation, some drums of oily material or containers of oily material were found underground. When the um, town of Dartmouth uh, Health Department and the DEP went out, to see that, they decided to walk the neighborhood and see if there was reason to be concerned about that happening on other properties. And they they came upon a, a few blocks away. They came upon three other homes also under construction. <laughs> Ta-da. Um. Which, you know, I mean, this this is an established neighborhood. It's, this is not like a new development or anything. But I, my understanding is I think at least two of the um, other lots already had houses on them previously that perhaps were older homes and at some point became a teardown and rebuild situation. So, um They were walking the neighborhood and they saw these similar kinds of dark soil that seemed to have bits of stuff in it, you know, broken glass and perhaps pavement chunks and just what they at some point DEP characterized, I think, as
1: discolored soil. And from the pictures you've taken, it's really striking. It's not the stuff you see at uh, at Home Depot at all that you would put in your garden. (laughs) Right, right. Um
0: yeah you can see there's i mean there's glass bottles clearly like antique type glass bottles um bits of um bricks and pipes and i saw even some pottery and things like that Uh, and Mm. it's not it's not hard to find these these pieces you know you just kind of look around on the one of the lots uh, where one of the homes is being built the owner allowed me to go on there and um you know you look around behind the house and it's it's everywhere (laughs) so um, yeah, so the, um, the town and the DEP, um, started doing some testing and, um, they found, actually, I'm not sure if they did the testing or if their contractor was hired, but, uh, they found that on, on further down the street, not at the original site with the, the oily substance, but further down the street, there were these three lots of butt one another. Two had elevated lead, and one had um, PCBs. And the PCBs were at a level where, you know, something is going to be done. It needs to be cleaned up. So that kind of, when we heard about that, that kind of launched this whole series of uh, stories that we've done to let people in the community know that this is happening and um, to try to find out more about how it started, how it, you know, how it happened historically that these materials came to be in the, in the soil around these homes um and and also to try to let people know what they, what they can do to protect themselves. but um, yeah, so uh, just to talk a little bit about the the other you know other questions that have come up, there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more to this story that that we haven't been able to answer yet. Um, like what Well, what's hanging out there? I mean, uh, ultimately, one of the million dollar questions is who's going to pay to clean it up. Uh, which uh, the dep that's going to be a large bill, uh, presumably yes. Um, and the, the dep has pointed out that um, state law holds um, current and former owners responsible for that, whether they polluted it or not. Uh, but they also they say that um, you know they have an understanding that this is kind of a unique situation where this is generations ago and these are residential homeowners. Who, um, you know, uh, had no idea, had no idea, and, and clearly can't afford a multi million dollar cleanup. So, uh, the state does have um, some programs to try to help people in these situations, but I, I don't have a ton of detail in front of me today on that. But um, part of that process on who's going to pay for it is who's responsible for it. And so, um, right now, that's a big part of, of the investigation.
1: So that's what has prompted Dartmouth to get into what they're calling the vault.
0: Right. So the DEP made uh, a formal written re- uh, request to Dartmouth and New Bedford for any documentation they might have of, uh, of materials being dumped there historically. So there were there are these two articles from the Standard Times from 1939 um, that they both of the articles from my read do say that the city of New Bedford was dumping um, on empty lots on McCabe Street. But uh, the the environment chief for the city said those stories were um, kind of not well sourced in the sense that it didn't specifically say so-and-so said um, that the city was dumping on McCabe Street. But the story spoke broadly as if everyone knew that this was happening and the city was doing it and there were multiple locations. Um, and one of the locations that they talk about is a Parker Street waste site, which as we know, later became the object of a huge cleanup. Um, but in some sense that, you know, it's it's a good point or it's correct to say that um, perhaps the people who said it was the city dumping there, are, you know, uh, they were mistaken. They were mistaken. I mean, that's that's possible. We're talking about about like you know, many many decades ago. Um, and then the question is, did Dartmouth, the town of Dartmouth, uh, dump anything there? One thing to me that's curious about the story that would really would never happen today is that it the story never acknowledges that that McCabe Street actually is in the town of Dartmouth. It's a it's a New Bedford story about what's happening at um trash dumps in New Bedford and the city of New Bedford and this and that when this street is actually in Dartmouth um over the you know not too far over the line but it is in Dartmouth
1: so. i was going to say this area the bliss corner neighborhood is very close to New Bedford within like a street right
0: yes it is it's um comes off of Rockdale Avenue the uh so the, I mean, the streets where the testing has been done, um, Crazeman and McCabe come directly off of Rockdale Avenue. Um, that, so a lot of people, when they when they hear Bliss Corner, think of the actual corner where uh, a number of large streets come together, which is a little bit southeast of where this contamination has been found, but this, uh, the state and some people do refer to that um, area, that neighborhood, as Bliss Corner. All
1: right, so the big question is, Who's responsible? Who did it? What else? Anything else hanging out there in the unanswered question zone? Well, uh, since the um, so far
0: it seems like the PCBs are, are limited, um, at least in the uh, sort of clean able levels, the PCBs are limited to one spot. So. You might ask the question: Are those PCBs really related to what appears to be, uh, you know, historical filling or dumping with, um, with ash and other materials, or is it a separate, you know, a separate release or dumping or or filling of some kind? Because so many decades have come come by since then, we don't you don't really know if the, the those two things are one and the same or are they separate. Um, I have wondered, kind of, did it occur to anyone that there could be a problem when they were digging the foundations for these homes, given how, uh, how obvious it was to me, just as a casual observer, how much stuff is in the dirt, but, um, of course, that's sort of looking back and trying to question, you know, <laughs> who did the work there, and um, I haven't really um, identified who that is or asked that question. Um, I do have spoken to the owner of the three properties um, that tested for lead and PCBs. Uh, he did not really want to say much to the standard times. He said that he would like to clean up, uh, clean up the two that have the lead and be able to sell the homes that he started building there. And then he said that he wasn't sure if it would be worth it to clean up the PCB lot uh, like if he had to pay for it. I think the state is going to ensure that one way or another, regardless of who pays for it, there will be a cleanup there because they don't want that um, situation to just hang out there.
1: And a lot of these homes are older. It's kind of a hodgepodge neighborhood. It's not a new construction. So people could have been living in these homes. They could be the second, third, fourth owner.
0: Right, right, um, like I think at one point when, when I did some searching, I saw some older photos that were just like map images online, and you can see that there was either an overgrown home there or like a little, um, you know, um, kind of sidewalk that would have gone up to the home, and the home's not there anymore, so there, I, you know, like I said, I think a couple of these lots um, had a home on them already, and the, the homes in the neighborhood are, um you know, a kind of heterogeneous at different um, ages and sizes and things like that. Um, and it's, it is, it uh, is yeah, it's unusual to note, too, that the um, two of the properties, 20 and 21 Crazeman are both on the same side of the street. Someone had asked us about that.
1: Um, but they're two different houses, right? It's not like a duplex.
0: No, no, yeah, they are two. I think they're raised ranches. Yeah, they're completely separate homes. One of them is the one, um, Not the PCB lot, but one of the lead lots. At 21, Craisman is the one that um, abuts a a really sizable grape arbor um, Mm -hmm. in the neighbor's yard. Mm -hmm. Um, The the person at that house, when I called there, um, said that the family there speaks only Portuguese. Uh, But there are a couple of grape arbors, smaller grape arbors in different uh, yards in the area. Of course, people enjoy doing that.
1: So how much, you know, PCBs is a scary word. So how much should we be freaking out about this discovery in Dartmouth?
0: Well, that's a pretty loaded question, (laughs) (laughs) and that that really depends on whom you ask. Because we don't live there, right? Right. I mean, if you if you live there, of course, um, I, I would think that you would be concerned, especially if you're a gardener or
1: someone who ever digs in your yard. Um, right, because the state has said you shouldn't be gardening. Yeah, I think the written guidelines said, like, if you
0: see or suspect any contamination in your yard, then you shouldn't be gardening. Um, but, you know, some of the comments I've gotten from readers have been along the lines of, are you kidding me? No, you certainly should not be. Like, an, <laughs> um, So... Uh, We've heard other people say, you know, this, this uh, stuff that's called urban ash fill um, is pretty common, and that you know if the uh, the contaminants are under a certain level, then it's not something people should be panicking about. Um, but by the same token, um, it's always going to be one of those situations where people wonder: Is there like a you know a carcinogenic substance lurking in my in my property? Um, on, the, on the drinking water side, there is good news that a couple of, of uh, private wells have been tested. Drinking wells have been tested at homes in that area and, to my knowledge, tested clean.
1: That's a relief. Yeah, that is a
0: relief. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, and then other things, of course, that the ultimately we want to know how far, how, you know, Geography-wise, how far does the uh, does the contamination go? Is it on how many more lots? Because the the state has said that just like visually looking at that at the soil, that that dark soil and stuff goes a- a- across property lines to multiple places. The question is, does the actual contamination you know the chem- t- chemical tests does, does is that contamination evident on more lots and how many and how far does it go? What can be done, practically speaking, considering that these are, <clears throat> these are already developed? You know, there's homes and swimming pools and um, all kinds of things in the area. And then, of course, how, to, how, to, how does um, the state or the owners pay for it?
1: So what do you do if you're a homeowner on this street? Uh, the, well, you, you know, the state hasn't come knocking to test your soil yet.
0: We have uh, we have on our website the frequently asked questions um, sheet that was um, published by the DEP, which has quite a few um, phone numbers. If you want, they uh, phone numbers and information about the different uh, the different chemicals and how dangerous they are. But it also says, if you want, if you're interested in having your property tested, here's a number to call. I'm not sure they're necessarily going to test it right away, but they'll talk to you about your situation and proceed from there. Um, And then we also had a story about how um, Dartmouth is responding to the request for information. So New Bedford actually responded pretty quickly to the DEP's request for information and said really they don't have anything. Hmm. Dartmouth's um, (laughs) approach was to say that this is going to be an exhaustive search that involves uh, reading handwritten meeting minutes dating back to, I think it was 1910 or something like that, and going through old boxed files. Um, <laughs> you know, we ha- they have this room called The Vault, which we wrote about, which they're in the process of trying to get that indexed now, but as it stands, the boxes are in no particular order.
1: As a history nerd, who wouldn't love to get inside the vault, right? And just see what's going on in there. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just imagining these piles of papers and boxes, and I don't know, very old writing and lots of dust, and <laughs> maybe someone in the corner with glasses on, trying to sort through all of this.
0: Yes, that would be fun. Um, it's probably not that. I don't dramatic. know. I, I don't know if there's any, you know, photos or uh, or news clippings, or if it's more just like written minutes and such, but. In any case, Dartmouth has taken this very thorough approach um, where they've asked for uh, more time, and they've been granted more time of various lengths, 30, 60, and and 90 days, depending on the item, to try (laughs) to get all of these items that the state is is asking of them. Um, The town administrator told me that, to his knowledge, they haven't really found any kind of big red flag so far that would indicate what happened there. So, um, you know, barring like a some sort of a smoking gun, as it were, or a red flag, it's uh, it's hard to know exactly who's going to end up uh, taking the blame, so to speak, or play, or paying the bill, because there are a lot of you know there are a lot of different properties there. there are, uh, uh, the properties have changed hands over time. So, I mean, if you if you think about the number of property owners in the area, the number of times they've changed hands. That's potentially a lot of people, and my suspicion is most of those people are never going to get roped into this because it would just be unmanageable. But um, who knows?
1: <laughs> wow. So this isn't going to wrap up in the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. No, no, it's going to be going on for a while and have a long shelf life. We have a long way to go with this. We do.
0: Yep. And we're going to continue to try to find people in the neighborhood talk to people in the neighborhood who would be uh, willing to share any information they have um, about the
1: history there. What's the best way for readers, if they know something, they want to reach out to you? Because you'd love to talk with them.
0: I certainly would, yeah. uh, Thanks for mentioning that. So, yeah, (laughs) Uh, they can give me a call, 508-979-4446, or send me an email, jbarnes at S- Yes, and we're going to be continuing to follow this story. Thank you so much for uh, for talking with me today, Jennifer. Well, thank you, Jeanette, for having me. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any
1: type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan.